All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 110 of Conservative Roundup. I'm your host, Aiden Mackey, and today I'm joined by Gary Vidal, the MP for Desnethe, Mississippi, Churchill River. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Gary. It's a pleasure to have you on here. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what we come up with. Thank you, Aiden. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Well, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself first? Well, I was uh, born and raised in a, in a community in northern Saskatchewan called Meadow Lake. It's uh, now a small city of about just over 5,000 people. Um, born and raised, lived there my whole life, other than two years I was away at school and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, grew up there. I've got a hardworking family background. My mom and dad both worked really, really hard at the things they did to look after us. I have an older brother, a younger sister, mm -hmm. and... Uh, when I came back to Meadow Lake, uh, I got married at, at the old age of 21 and came back to Meadow Lake and ended up uh, getting into the accounting profession. So I, wow. I did all of my accounting training uh, by distance education. It took me seven years and earned my, my CGA designation and mm -hmm. ended up being a partner in accounting firm for just about 35 years, just over 30 wow. years. And uh, and all of a sudden, at that point in the journey, decided that I would uh, maybe consider federal politics. So yeah. um, that's a, a bit of a, a short version of the journey. Awesome. Yeah, so what, so what made you want to uh, put in 2019? What kind of got you right on the edge that kind of pushed you over the point to where, say, hey, well, I want to run. Let's do this. I, I'm in it to win it. You know what? To be to be honest with you, Aiden, there's a few people that had talked to me over, over actually probably a couple of years leading up to that point. And Every time somebody talked to me about it, I just said, no, I'm, I'm not interested in that. I was actually fairly involved in provincial-level politics. I served on some crown boards and was involved with some local constituent association work and that kind of stuff. And um, there was there was a particular gentleman that had talked to me about it a few times, and and uh, he kept kind of poking me every few months, and i just <laughs> say no. And uh, I ended up at an event because I was the mayor at the time. I ended up at an event. Stockwell Day was actually in Meadow Lake. Oh, okay. And I ended up at an event and, and uh, had an opportunity to talk to Stockwell Day at the time and, and along with this other fellow that I, I'm talking about. And um, he asked me if I'd ever considered running for federal politics. And I said, well, my dad was actually standing with me. And so I, I wanted to be careful what I said. My dad <laughs> spends a lot of time at the coffee shop. Oh, and yeah. uh, so I, I said, well, to be honest with you, yeah, I've considered it, but, but not really interested in that. And that was in mm -hmm. about February of 2019. And um, I, I just put it away again, and um, to be honest with you, in about August, I guess, of 2019, um, I just kept waking up every day with a, with a, like somebody was hitting me over the head with a two-by-four saying, <laughs> you should do this, you should think yeah. about this, it's it's, <laughs> it's something you should consider, and, and I, I uh, my kids bought my wife and I tickets to the, there's a big Labor Day classic football game in Saskatchewan between the Rough Riders and the Blue Bombers. Oh, yeah. I, my kids bought us tickets, so my wife and I went. And uh, I talked to my wife about that on that journey, and, and she said, you know, if that's how you're feeling, we should seriously consider this. So a month later, we came to Ottawa to – never been to Ottawa in my life, so we came to Ottawa to check it out and see what it was like, and they kind of showed me around. And a couple of days after that, I decided I was going to jump in the race, and I informed my accounting business partner that, that <laughs> this is what I wanted to do. And – Six weeks later, we won a nomination and we're into campaigning and yeah. figuring out what to do with an accounting practice. And yeah, right on. Kind of 
I mean, I mean uh, Ottawa's definitely changed over the past couple of years, though. I mean, you, know, you guys I mean, I mean, for being completely open, then to, uh, I guess, lock down now, I guess, with, with truckers out front with, with roadblocks everywhere in, in, the, in the house. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, what's kind of the best part you find on the job? Is it, I mean, the constituents? Is it, like, kind of going around the riding? I mean, like, I mean, what do you kind of think is, like, the, uh, like the best part of uh, that you find on the job? You know what? I would, I would let, me, let me frame it this way a little bit, Aiden. I, uh, sorry, I've got a bit of a tickle going on here. Just give me a second. No, I'm good. Um, I would frame it like this. When I came in 2019, um, before the pandemic, we were just kind of finding our feet and getting, you know, getting to the place where we, yeah. what I always tell people, I was, I was getting to the place where I could get around Parliament Hill from a committee room to the house back to my, and I could do that without getting lost anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then the pandemic hit and everything changed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, to be honest with you, I think there's kind of the class of 2019 that doesn't even comprehend what the normal life of an MP is supposed to look like. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, you guys. Yeah, you. I mean, you had like like the uh, like November, and then you had like a little bit, and then the Christmas break, and then January, and then, and then you guys came back in January, then like like March, and we'll fast forward to March, right? Obviously. And so you know everything changed. Even all the constituency work, right? You weren't you weren't out doing the stuff that I I think we would normally do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, exactly. Never, never, ever got back to that yet? I, I I've never experienced what a summer looks like of a member of parliament when you're out doing kind of the barbecue circuit and going and meeting people and doing we yeah. really haven't been able to do that in, in COVID time so it's yeah. great so. Yeah. I, mean, I mean how does it feel to live in the, like the freest part of the country right now in Saskatchewan yeah I'm pretty actually excited about that yeah, you gotta love it. Uh, people are optimistic there that you know by the end of February we'll have you know, all of the restrictions and mandates and everything will have been lifted in Saskatchewan by yeah. February 28th so um, I remember what it felt like last July the 12th mm. when the restrictions ended the first time and we yeah. literally went on the road that day and started going, going out and doing barbecues awesome. and meet and greets and whatever yeah. and it was a lot of fun actually to go meet people right and talk yeah. to them and not worry about kind of all that stuff and yeah you know, unfortunately we have to deal with that again for a while but i'm looking forward to that being a, a reality yeah. coming yeah, well, you know, it's, it's I mean, not too distant future here. I guess you have to say that the science is different here on Terra, but I, I, I always say this time and time again, Gary, as I, as I always say, I really wish there was a Florida of Canada, but you know what? I, I won't hold my breath on that anytime soon, though, right? But, uh, yeah, I mean, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, tell me about the, uh, I mean, the last couple of weeks with session starting. I mean, I guess you're on to your uh, second election win now. So, I mean, so what's kind of been like, like the hot topic, obviously, with, with the leader and with the truckers now, with this session? I mean, so, what's kind of been going on around on the Hill lately? What's kind of like the atmosphere and the mood? You know what, I, I, it's, it's uh, I, I think yesterday, to be honest with you, yesterday in question period was probably the most kind of rowdy yeah. day I've seen in question period. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of emotion. Um, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of, you know, that turns into rhetoric. That turns into, um, I, I, and I, I think that, you know, that comes from people just being extremely frustrated by kind of, you know, what they're experiencing in their own journeys with with their own constituents with their own staff with their own yeah. you know the things that people are facing it's it's all of this is something that people are very passionate you know what it doesn't matter what side of it you're on there's just a, an, an elevated or, or, or elevated like exponentially the level of emotion and passion and, and i think it's just made that really difficult for people to um 
kind of maintain a bit of an even keel at times, right? Everything yeah. seems to be a little over the top, if that makes sense. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at question period yesterday. I mean, you referred to, uh, I guess, you guys saying that you still with like swastika. Because even like, I mean, you had Jew, like Jewish members in like the conservative caucus saying no. I mean, I mean, Trudeau wouldn't even apologize and said that. I mean, he ran away for like, like the fourth time in question period, like the last two weeks. I mean, I mean, who's ever done? I mean, Stephen Harper wouldn't have done that. Andrew Shearer would have done that. I mean, yeah. I mean, what are we on? I mean, you're going on to like your your third leader now. I mean, every, it, it's just like one thing after another, right? Yeah. I'm you know what I think, but that, but that's been, you know, in all fairness, that's maybe where the Liberals have been successful, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they, they work under this politics of division kind of mentality, right? And they, they divide and conquer, and, and whether it's kind of politically, whether it's you know within the, you know, them doing that to us as a party, um, they literally are doing that to a nation. You know, they divide, they divide by region, mm-hmm. they divide by gender, they divide by nationality, they divide or or, or race, or they divide their there's just so many things that they divide yeah. by, and, and and they do it. Um, I mean, they do it with no shame in the sense of whatever they can do to take political advantage of it, and 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 it's actually sad to be honest with mm-hmm. you to kind of watch that happen. But you know, in in politics, I guess after my vast two years of experience, you 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 see some of these things work, and and, and it's frustrating because they shouldn't, but they do in politics, and and. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I would really like to think it's more about credibility and integrity and doing the right things, and, and but we're just not seeing that in, in kind of what, what goes on, you know, at this level right now. Yeah, so exactly, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's continuous, right? I mean, it's this constant pattern of him, like, like digging out, like, singling out specific groups of Canadians, as you said, like, race, gender, ideology religion i mean i mean you name it right i mean he i mean is especially being in the west i mean you've seen it west versus east um rural versus urban uh it, it, like like even with the, like the whole energy crisis as well i mean it, i mean the list goes on and on. i mean he, he i mean he i i mean i like to personally think he spends almost every hour trying to find ways of ways to divide canadians and and as you said i mean divide and conquer I, I, and, and you know what the sad part is is a lot of canadians don't seem to realize that and I mean, I mean, you look at Black Racer. I mean, they kind of gave him like this pass. Oh well, he didn't mean it. He well, he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know he was racist at the time. I mean, I mean, with conservatives, conservatives, we we always get that double standard where I mean, if we do one thing, I mean, I mean, like the whole the media blows up. Obviously, well, I mean, CBC's in the star. I mean, they're both not even credible at this point. You know, I I I think you know what you say is is, is absolutely correct, Aiden. And um, you know, we can we can. Um, cry over it. We can, we can, we can feel sorry for ourselves. But you know what? Sometimes you just have to face, you know, face the reality of the circumstances and find a way to rise, rise above it. Right? Yeah. Be better than that. And and you know, I, I challenged my team really early on in the in the journey. You know, we're we're in a very unique riding, right? And I challenged my team very early on that if we do the right thing over and over, if we do the right thing day after day, even though it doesn't seem to have political bang for your buck in the short term all the time <laughs> yeah. if you if you do the right thing consistently every day that the accumulation of that will pay off over time I'm, I'm a firm believer in that and i mean i don't know how much you've gone back and looked but if you look at my you know my election results from 2019 to 2021 in in western canada um i, I give a ton of credit to my team for following through on that challenge that, that we did that we agreed to as a team back in 2019 mm-hmm. 
and you know we we choose to represent people whether they voted for us or not we choose yeah. to treat people with respect and dignity whether they voted for us or not and um we we've just we've consistently and strategically in, in the course of the pandemic chose to try to turn the temperature down and not let the not be part of being not be part of the divisive gap that's getting widened widened so to speak mm -hmm. and so um I, I think if there was more of that and i don't do that to, i'm not you know not trying to pat my back that's not my point I, yeah. I think if we did more of that in in our in our political world that we wouldn't be kind of where we are right now maybe yeah, exactly. Yeah, but so uh, well, why don't you tell us? Uh, actually, here, here's a fun fact for you. I mean, Gary's uh, writings actually. I mean, it covers half the uh, half of Saskatchewan, the upper half of Saskatchewan. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your writing? What, like, what makes it so special, Gary? So I'm pretty proud of my writing. Actually, it's it's actually 52 percent of the geography of Saskatchewan. Oh, okay. Right? So, um, which is pretty cool. It's about 300 and almost 350,000 square kilometers. It's the third largest riding, geographically I'm talking, mm -hmm. in the provinces, not including the territories and, and, uh, and up there. Um, it's, it's, I mean, that means you go a long ways to see people, right? It's, yeah. it's, we, we travel a long ways in my riding. Um, there's about 70% Indigenous people in my riding, and so mm -hmm. we, have a ton of, we have a ton of diversity in my riding, like culturally, um, economically, um, just all kinds of different diversity in the writing. So it's really, really an interesting writing to represent because it requires you to, it's not a homogenous group of people. It's a very diverse yeah, group of people, right which, is, which is pretty cool actually. So um, to put it into perspective, the writing with about 71,000 people in it, okay, oh, wow. is just slightly smaller than the country of Germany geographically. Really? Just a little, it's about 10,000 square kilometers smaller than Germany. Mm -hmm. And Germany has, what, about 80 million people in that space? <laughs> yeah, exactly, so, yeah. Um, wow. And I have 70,000, so it, it's a bit unique that way. So. Yeah, well, that's, that's actually a really cool, that's a really cool thing. I never knew that. So I always enjoy hearing stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, so what are some issues that, uh, that I mean, in your right, that people look at or, or that they have concerns with or, or stuff on that level? Um, you know, obviously, when you get into the northern and remote communities, it's really, really difficult for you know, industry for, for what, what, what drives their, their yeah. economy, so to speak. So, you know, early on in the process through the nomination, through my campaign early on in 2019, um, we talked a lot about the, the concept of opportunity for all. Mm -hmm. And, and what I mean by that Aiden is that, you know what, the success, the way we're going to solve a lot of the problems in Northern remote riding, in my opinion, is to create opportunity. And the way we create opportunity is to allow people with entrepreneurial spirits to have the ability to have equity investments in good businesses, um, yeah. to create good jobs so that people can be part of a prosperous economy. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and when I talk about that, what I, what, what I mean by that is that there's three kind of benefits. Um, one is obviously the economics, right? When you, when you have a good job, when you have a good business that pays you well to do, you know, to work hard and to take risks, um, you have some economic independence where you get to take care of your family, you know, your spouse, your family, maybe even your greater family, if that's the case sometimes, yeah. right? Because you, you're you not reliant on somebody else to do that for you, right? Exactly. Along with that, though, comes, um, and, and more importantly, maybe comes a sense of self-worth and pride in being a member of a, of a, 
prosperous economy, being, being, you know, having a reason to get up and go to work and come home tired at the end of the day and feel like you accomplished something. There's mm -hmm. a, there's an innate sense in all of us that requires that type of satisfaction. So I think that is absolutely paramount to this theme of opportunity for all, so to speak. And then the final thing that I talk about when I, when I, when I use that analogy is that one of the things that I came across very early in my journey in Northern Saskatchewan is that we have a, we, we, you know, in some of the First Nations communities and whatever, there, there's a suicide crisis in a lot of places, right? Mm -hmm. High, high levels of suicide in young people. And um, I would suggest, not, not that this is the only answer, but it's part of the solution. Yep. That when we, when I, when I, I mean, and it's 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, it's young people we're talking about here. When they get to look at their mom or their dad or their big brother or their big sister or an uncle, an aunt, or just somebody else they respect, get up, go to work have that economic independence and have that self-fulfillment of being part of something successful, well, what you actually provide for those young people is hope. Yeah, exactly. You give them hope, right? And when you give them hope and they're 10, 11, 12, and they look at somebody, go, you know what, I can do that. When I get to be 19 or 20 or 21, I can go do that like my uncle or like my mom or my dad or somebody. Yeah. You know, then they don't have to think about suicide anymore, right? Because mm -hmm. now they have something to strive for. So, um, not only do we solve some of the economic issues, but we solve a lot of the social issues, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's a, that's a huge challenge in my writing. It, it, it's, it's a, and so we're really, really excited that over a couple of years, you know, there's been some opportunity. Um, there's some new mills that are starting up. I mean, we heard an announcement last week from Chemical where they're going to get their, their uranium mines going again over the next couple of years. That's, that's tremendous opportunity. It's good jobs translates to that hope for people in, in the writing. So that, if, if I could leave a legacy behind, I would have achieved the the, the goal of, of people in northern Saskatchewan having more opportunity than they did when I left. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. I mean. I mean. I mean, we're coming up to our. I mean, I, I mean, it could be election any 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 month now. I mean, the, I mean, Trudeau. I mean, Justin Trudeau said. I mean, maybe within a year. I mean, he. I mean, he's trying so so hard for his majority, but it just won't work for him. You know, and, and I mean, and it comes back to that, and, and it comes back to the whole. Well, I mean, I mean, Canadians. I mean, they're starting to wake up and realize. Well, what has Justin Trudeau actually done for for me and for my family and for what's happening? You know, and, and we kind of when we go back to that to the whole suicide thing as well, Gary. I mean, more people my age have actually died from suicide than actually than actually covid due to lockdowns and restrictions and not being able to have like that social like socialize with people that whole aspect of, of life that a lot of us really rely on and, and depend on right i mean i mean you even see it in your cocks i mean you guys can't really see each other you guys can't i mean even with like i mean it's being like an mp like before coder i mean you could go like i mean you probably still do like outside like the outside of like a vote or something like talk to liberal mps opposite i mean with the whole committee thing i mean rather than pointing through email after email after email with i mean a lot of people right and uh with the whole trudeau thing i mean a lot of people they really think, oh well, well, okay, maybe we'll give him one more try, one more try. I mean, I mean, that's kind of what the whole liberal caucus is, right? I mean, you guys look at like the mandate vote uh, last Monday. Uh, well, one liberal MP out of like out of like like the whole caucus. I mean, what? I mean, what's your like your overall thoughts on on how the the liberal party? I mean, just governing governing Canada at this point. I mean, I mean, it's six. We're coming on to like to our seventh year now of of liberal. Um, government tyranny, like a lot of people. I mean, you see a Western Canada, Eastern Canada, just everything, right? I mean, so what? I mean, what are your thoughts on on how Justin Trudeau's where he's taking our country, and where do you think that we should be going from from here? Well, let me start by going back to my message to the to the constituents. I would I was 
trying to get to support me in 2019. And if you remember, just before the election in 2019, um, you know, Mr. Trudeau was promising a couple of $10 billion or, or deficits, and then it was all going to get under control after that. We were going to get back to the place where we'd have balanced budgets. And sorry, you got to frame that in the context of me being a 35-year accountant, right, and, and understanding <laughs> right. The, the dynamics of some of the money stuff and also as a mayor of a, of a small city. I mean, in, in a small city, the municipal legislation doesn't even let you to – you're not legally allowed to run deficits, right? Yeah. So, you know, some of my language back then was, you know what, I can't run my home that way, like yeah. he was proposing. I can't run my, I had an accounting business. I, I couldn't run my accounting business that way because mm. I'd be bankrupt. Yeah. I was not allowed to run my city that way or we'd be bankrupt. Yeah. But somehow it's okay for us to think about running our country that way, right? Yeah. And if you, if you put that into perspective, we were talking two $10 billion deficits. Yeah. Right? So... Aiden, do the math on what's happened since that and, and how many billions of dollars of deficits have we run yeah. since 2019. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean like if we... Like even, if we can, even before COVID. Yeah, I mean, they were running I, mean I mean, continuing down this path, uh, just this reckless spending, just spend, spend, spend with, with no oversight, with, with no cuts, with, with nothing. I mean, I mean, we could literally end up with the states where we're just spiraling in, in like circle of debt where we can't pay it off and where we will have a, like a total economic meltdown. I mean, Pierre Polyev, I mean, he said this committee, he said it in the House. I mean, he says it everywhere. I mean, we cannot have that in Canada. I mean, I mean, we're, I mean, we're really at the point right now where, I mean, you guys are coming up to, uh, I guess, the, 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 I guess the whole finance era of, uh, I guess, the, the whole spending spree coming up uh, soon. So, I mean, you guys going to, you'll have to see what uh, entails in that whole bill. I don't know. I think I have a couple ideas of what the Liberals would like to put in there. I know that I know a couple of them always continuously talk about childcare when they're asked about the deficit. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, even though when it comes to like with the house, I mean, you guys going thinking you'll get, you're going to answer period. You come out with more questions than answers. It's, it's literally just question period and end, end of discussion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then there is no answers on, on the, where the money's coming from. Or, I mean, I mean, if you, if you just follow, logical financial common sense if you keep spending more than you bring in every year forever i mean eventually somebody's going to want the money back number one and so so there has to be a plan to get to the place where you repay that money yeah and 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 the only way you do that is either raise taxes because you got to create revenue to do that or you cut services right so what are they going to do to pay this back at some point i mean yeah there's the angle of uk you can grow your economy and create more but we're, we're not seeing any sign from them of anything that would get us to the place where they even think it, it, it's feasible to spend less than we take in in a year. So, yeah. like, how far down the road can we can we keep doing this? And, you know, they changed the measuring sticks to something else because they didn't like the old ones. And, and then when those ones don't work, we look for a new measuring stick, right? So, yeah. um, I mean, sorry, just... Common sense tells you we can't keep doing this forever. Yeah. Right. Oh, exactly. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, this week, I mean, inflation went up to a, a historic 5.1 percent. You know, exactly. I mean, I mean, I, I guess you see this, Gary, is when you go back home and you go to the grocery store. I mean, you all the extra money that I mean, this part. I mean, meat's gone up 13.1 percent. Bread's gone up. I, I, I last time I checked, I don't know the number. I don't want to be like inaccurate here, so I don't want to say a number. But I mean, like, every, I mean, everything's. I mean, the cost of it's gone up, right? I, I mean, you're sitting across the house from from Trudeau. I mean, I mean, you must be thinking, I'm like, you, you must be thinking. I mean, that jerk. I mean, he's he's raised all my money. Like, I have to spend more because of, because of that clown, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, the guy. I mean, 
I don't know what goes through his head. I think I, like, I really do not. I mean, he sits there, I mean, like, like his arms crossed, like looking up at like the ceiling. Like, oh, maybe I, I know what's going on today. Maybe I don't. We'll see. Maybe I'll just go back to the cottage and, and look for my shadow for another couple of weeks, right? You know, when I sit across the aisle watching him, when, more, more when he's off camera than when he's on camera, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, the body language just... just project so clearly that this is such a waste of my time to have to be here talking to these people like uh, you know it, it, it's just he has just a total disdain for accountability and for any kind of responsible action in the context of this i mean we hear from our constituents like constantly about you know the the, the cost of living being being you know you so you, you talk about those percentages you were throwing out there go up into a northern remote riding like mine and start think, think figuring about what, what those are in a because every 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 remote community that probably gets compounded right because yeah. it's, it's just that much more expensive right and, exactly and so you think of some of these these people that are, that don't have access to um, some of the resources or the or the incomes that, that we have in other places yeah. and and these costs are going are skyrocketing for them it, it's just yeah. really really hard for people to even make do right exactly no I mean oh, I mean also I mean he has uh, like no just reprehensible solution i mean going i mean the truckers now i mean he has no representative like he does not want to meet the truckers he doesn't want to offer clear easy just out of the box solutions i mean i mean he literally has no idea what he is doing i mean he doesn't want to meet with the trucks i mean i mean how simple is it just to think oh maybe i can invite them in we could have a chat we talk about well i mean some of their concerns i mean i mean they've made their concerns pretty clear i have to say that much but you know, i mean now he's gone so far as to is to use the emer- like the emergency act i mean what is I mean like like what is going like what just what's going on the hill with this I mean you guys you're going to uh, oppose it obviously with the party um, I mean what are your thoughts on why he chose this and what I mean what is like just what's what's going to be happening with this You know what it's 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 actually quite frustrating because if you think if you think about you know what I said before about my own journey is, is that I would I will meet with constituents that supported me or didn't support me I, I'll, I'll listen to people as long as they want to have a respectful dialogue I'll, I'll, I'll meet with anybody talk to them engage with them mm-hmm. um I, I really think if if he had chose to actually have some respectful dialogue or maybe not even him send some ministers out like send somebody out to just have some dialogue with people create an opportunity that probably we wouldn't be here dealing with this in fairness um mm-hmm. if you think about any kind of like in the labor world in 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 uh in business in other places any kind of mediation or arbitration or any kind of conflict resolution mechanisms always always without a doubt require some level of dialogue and listening and discussion and trying to you may not agree but you have to listen to one another to try to find some common ground right every other every other kind of conflict resolution mechanism in our in our society requires you to listen to the other side a little bit right Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's really how debates goes. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's how dialogue, that's how debates go. Is you listen to one another and then, and then you talk about it. I, I mean, simple. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's how simple it is. I mean, as you said, just, just send someone out. I mean, I mean you guys are out yeah. there all the time, meeting and talking with them and hearing their concerns. I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not like that hard. I mean, they, I mean, Justin Trudeau p- portrays it as this, this whole white supremacy Nazi thing. I mean, even that goes back to yesterday, the question period in the house is that he thinks you guys all stand with, with like swastikas, like, like what? Yeah, and I, I think the answer to that has to be, you know what? 
I think most of our experience in talking to these people has been they're, they're for the most part they're 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 pretty decent people. Just you know they lost jobs and they're frustrated with mandates and, and they want and and being called names and and being stigmatized has has forced people to a level of frustration that's kind of beyond what we expected out of anybody, right? But um, at the same time, if if you go from zero to a hundred overnight, so to speak, on your reaction to this, yeah. if there if there had been some steps and process to this, but now all of a sudden we went from doing nothing yeah. to evoking the, the the never used before emergency measures act. Yeah. Like, I mean, you think of some of the things that have happened in the last few years that are way beyond kind of the the risk and the and the the threats, and and we never talked about or thought about it back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I, 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 I'm maybe being a little crass partisan here, but I, I think everything they do, everything the prime minister does is done for partisan political reasons. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's no, I've gone beyond the place where I expect them to actually credibly or with any kind of integrity do things that, that are for the benefit of people other than his own political interest, to be honest with you. So, exactly. Um, they won't yeah, so, miss me for a few minutes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So we're going to our final topic here now. Um, I guess so. Obviously, a, a big thing is is uh, obviously with CPC leadership. I mean, Pierre Polyev's put in. I mean, one of the front runners. I mean, there's a whole bunch of names. We got Jean Charest. I mean, Tasha Carradine, um, Leslie Lewis, possibly. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I mean, how do you? I mean, how do you think that the that the leadership should go? I mean, how quick do you think that it, it should be? Because I mean, obviously, I mean, we can't be playing this game like every once in a while, right? I mean, obviously, I mean, a lot of people are unhappy, but I mean, I mean, we, I mean, we got to get back to the table because you said, I mean, the liberals take a, like a huge advantage over over us on on this, right? You know what? I I I I mean, where we're at, where we're at, right? I'm I'm yeah. not going to talk a lot about what happened or didn't happen in the history. We we are where we are. We need to look forward. We need to find a way to we, we need to find a way to get all the same page and get pulling on the same road. Sorry, yeah. that's the most important thing to me is that we could gather our our our, our members of parliament yeah. and get us all pulling on the same road. So we need somebody that can unify and, and be and provide that leadership. Um, beyond that, it needs to happen then at the at the kind of membership level as we go through the leadership process. Yeah. And then obviously beyond that, um, we need to figure out to do that at the national level. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, that conservative values are good for our country. And 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 I don't know how much you know about Saskatchewan history, but I'll, I'm going to share a little history story or history lesson here with sure. you that, that I think is relevant, if that's okay. No, please, um, yeah. I was very involved in the political process in Saskatchewan back starting in 2007, and uh, the history of Saskatchewan was very much that it was a you know for most years, if you go in history, it was a new democratic province, right? A lot of Kind of socialist province for many many years and in 2007 yeah. um, we elected brad wall as our premier yeah and uh brad wall and getting to the place where he was able to form government and, and this is my take on this he was able to broaden the base of the of the sas party which is, is the version of the conservative party in, in saskatchewan so to speak. um he was able to broaden the base and include groups of people that wouldn't typically have, have supported the conservative party in saskatchewan right yeah and, and, and in doing that, he got elected in 2007. Yep. Um, he spent 10 years at, at, the, at the helm of being the, the, the premier of our province. And the culture of our province has changed drastically to where the people in Saskatchewan, for the most part now, obviously realize the value of conservative philosophy and ideology. If you look at, I mean, the popularity of that movement in Saskatchewan right now, we have a new premier, Mr. Moan, now that's carried yep. on with that journey. 
And so my argument would be from a federal level that we need to understand a way and find a path that we can get elected as conservative government in Canada. And then we have to spend the next year showing Canada, all of Canada, yeah. that conservative values, conservative ideology, conservative philosophy is actually good for everybody, even if you didn't vote for us at that point, right? Exactly. That, that the success of the nation can be founded on, on, on strong conservative values. So in looking towards leadership race, that's what I'm looking for somebody to provide is a, a path to us being a national force yeah. and changing the culture of our country for a long time. Definitely. All right, so I know I always say, you know, I always end off with two things, uh, Gary. I say uh, there's there's three things in politics you need to know. It's uh, you be transparent with your constituents. You listen to people. You don't wear blackface. Obviously, you don't wear you don't have to wear blackface. <laughs> but uh, my, my last question, though. Uh, so I mean, so what's one fun fact about yourself that uh, that people may not know? I ask I ask everybody. Is is it a, a butterfly collection? Is it a favorite sport? I mean, uh, video games. I mean, I mean, what is it? Well, you know what? I would probably, I don't know, that's a hard question, actually. I thought that. Um, I would, I would, my wife and I, when we took marriage counseling in, in uh, 1985, I would say, well, that was a long time ago. Don't worry, um, numbers don't matter anymore, Gary. She, she described me as traditionally boring. So, um, <laughs> oh. and we're still married 36 years later, or whatever it is. So, yeah. um, I guess what I would say about that is I have some really, really kind of traditional foundational principles, but that creates some, uh, maybe some security and some kind of confidence that I, that I'm going to kind of remain who I am and be solid about who I am and, mm -hmm. and not worry too much about what other people think. So, but I, I, yeah. I don't know. That's where my head went when you asked the question. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I appreciate it. I always enjoy a good story. But uh, no, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Gary. It's a, it's a real pleasure. I look forward to see uh, what you come up with in the house, and maybe we'll uh, we'll get you back on here and talk leadership again. Sounds good, Aiden. You take care, Aiden. You too. On today's interview, I was joined by Gary Vidal, the MP for Disney, Mississippi Churchill River. If you like his work, please make sure to check out his pages as well as mine. And I am your host, Aiden Mackey, and I hope to see you on the next interview of Conservative Roundup.